Thank you for joining Time Redeemer's podcast once again this week. Today's subject deals with the Hebrew language. It deals with the alphabet of the Hebrew people. In our English language, we refer to the alphabet to describe our system of letters that form words together. But for those that are Jews, they refer to it as the Aleph Bet. The Aleph, of course, being the first letter of their alphabet, and the Bet being the second letter, like our letter B. And so you have in English the alphabet, you have in Hebrew the Aleph Bet. And uh, Hebrew has 22 letters in their system of writing. And in those 22 letters, there's a great deal of information contained in such a small number of letters that form one of the oldest and perhaps the oldest languages in the history of the world. In fact, to the Hebrew people, they believed that this language descended directly from God to man. This is not just some men that eventually were intelligent enough to begin to communicate by writing out symbols and shapes and lines uh, in you know, rock or on parchment or, or paper at some point. But they believed that each one of these 22 letters was directly given by God to Adam, by God to man. And so each one of these letters has a meaning, has a symbolism behind each one. And before we go any further, as we talk about these letters of the Aleph Bet, and we're going to look especially at the first letter, the Aleph, the A, in this study today, I want us to think about the words of Jesus Christ that he spoke in Revelation chapter 1 in verse number 18. He says, I am he that liveth. And was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. I'm so thankful that he is he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive. Jesus died, he lived, he died, but he rose again. And as Jesus is eternal, his words are eternal. And we know that from looking back in verse number eight, where he says this I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which was and which is and which is to come, the Almighty. There Jesus says, I am alive forevermore. I am the one that lived, died, and am alive. But he said, I am the Word of God, and I am the letters in the Word. I am the Alpha and the Omega. You know that phrase, Alpha and Omega is repeated four times in the book of Revelation. It's found in chapter 1, verse 8, and chapter 1, verse 11, and chapter 21, verse 6, and chapter 22, verse 13. Four times, I'm sure each one is uh, connected in some way to the four gospel accounts of the life of Jesus, uh, those written records of his life. He is the written word of God. He is the living word of God. He is the letters in the words of the word of God. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Uh, Jesus is not just the Word of God. He is the words, plural, of God and the letters of God. The entire alphabet, the entire Aleph Bet, those 22 letters, is Jesus Christ. Now, of course, you know this, but uh, the, the letters Alpha and Omega, that's the Greek A and the Greek equivalent to RZ, the last letter of their um, alphabet in Greek. And so in uh, the writing of the book of Revelation, most believe that the New Testament was written in Greek. 
I'm one that believes that it was written in Hebrew and then translated into Greek and then was predominantly passed through uh, to the region there and beyond as the church grew and became primarily a Gentile bride of Christ instead of a Jewish-only bride of Christ. But the writer of Revelation, uh, John the Beloved, he knew Jesus in a way like no one else. He's the disciple whom Jesus loved, and he understood that the Alpha would have been his Aleph because he was a Jew. John was a Jew. Jesus was a Jew, and they spoke Hebrew. And so when he says, I am the Alpha and Omega four times, John understood that he is the Aleph, and that would be the Tav in Hebrew, would be the Omega, or our Z, not in the sound of the letter, but in the order of the letters. Tav is the last letter in the Hebrew alphabet, uh, just as Z is the last letter in our alphabet in English. And so he says, I am the Alpha, the Omega, I am the Aleph, I am the Tav. You know, in John chapter 1, the same writer of the book of Revelation wrote the Gospel of John. And in John chapter number 1, he starts out this wonderful, beautiful writing of the Gospel of John that stands out from all four Gospels. And he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. There he says the Word was in the beginning. And it's obvious that John's referencing Jesus Christ as the Word. He's the capital W. He's the Word of God. And he calls him that. He says he is the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word. He's the living Word. He's the living bread which came down from heaven. He is the manna. He is the living bread. He's the living Word of God. He's the living, breathing, walking, existing Torah. He is the law. And the prophets and the Psalms combined all in one package. He is from the beginning. He is the beginning. And He is everlasting to everlasting. Now, words are made up of letters. The words that I'm speaking to you right now in this podcast are letters that are put into certain formations and certain order in order to make a word, and that word then be understandable and pronounceable. Words are made up of letters. Jesus Christ is the letters, and he's the word. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the aleph, he's the tav, he's the a, he's the z, according to the word of God. The word spoke words and brought everything into existence. Have you thought about that? Have you ever thought about the fact that it took words to bring about the act of creation? God could have just thought it into existence, but he chose words as his form of, uh, of, of uh, demonstrating his power to bring everything into existence. He used words and said things like, let there be light, and there was light, and let us make man in our image. It was the word of God, not just the thoughts of God. It was the word of God that brought everything into existence. All that we see, the earth around us, the mountains, the streams, the seas, the air, the atoms in our body and every living thing and everything on the face of the earth was brought forth by the Word of God. Words are used to characterize God's creative power. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John says, in the beginning was the Word. He equates the Word, Jesus, with God in that creative act. Words 
are used to characterize God's creative power. Those words, those combination of letters, God used to bring about the world into existence. We read in Romans chapter number 3, in verse 1 through 3, here the writer of Romans, Paul, says this, What advantage then hath the Jew? Or what profit is there in circumcision? Much chiefly every way, much every way chiefly, because that unto them, meaning the Jews, were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe, shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Here, Paul says that unto the Jews were committed the word of God. Unto the Jews were committed the oracles of God. That's the word of God. So God gave the letters. He is the letters. He gave the word. He is the word. But he committed the letters and the words unto the safekeeping of the Jewish people. Now, some may try to argue with me, but every book of the Bible was written by a Jewish author. And I believe even in the New Testament. Some will argue, well, this one was a, a Greek. or They were all Jewish. They were all Jewish. And every one was written in that way. And unto the Jews were committed the oracles of God. God gave them the word of God. And they were the safekeepers of God's word to the prophets, to the psalm writers, to those prophets of God that and the scribes that safe kept the word of God and wrote it down and preserved it after it was inspired of God. But here's a great truth. The prophets of God were especially equipped by God to receive and preserve his word. God used his prophets to do that, to transmit his word orally, verbally, as it was spoken, but also in the written record of the word of God. In Romans chapter 11, in verse number 12, the Bible says this, Now, if the fall of them, he's speaking about the Jews, be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. Here he says, if the falling of the Jews, if the falling of, of them, their uh, falling away from their walk with God, led to the riches of the world and the influence of the Gentile world, meaning that it's through the word of God, the Jews handled the word of God, they preserved, they safeguarded the word of God, and through them, even though they fell, they didn't heed the warnings of God or listen to their own prophets, their own scriptures, and they still don't to this day, to be honest with you. And we're to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and we're to pray uh, and be a blessing to the Jewish people. The Bible says he'll bless them that bless thee, curse them that curse thee. But when the Jews rejected Jesus Christ and the word of God, then the riches of the, of the Jews came to the Gentile world. And now, predominantly the church is made up of Gentiles. We are blessed because of the failure of the Jewish people to follow their warnings in their own scriptures, the prophetic writings of God. So the Jews were chosen to be keepers of scripture and scriptural truth, and, and through that, they have blessed the Gentile world by it. As I do this podcast today, I'm, at, uh, I, I'm uh, sitting at a desk here in America, and uh, I'm blessed to be in the United States of America, a nation that was founded on biblical, scriptural, Christian principles. So we are richly blessed as a nation because of the Jewish people and through the word of God. Now, part of this truth is illustrated in the spiritual imagery of the Hebrew alphabet. 
From the very beginning, Jews are taught that their 22 letters contain 22 messages. And actually, it's not just 22 messages. It gets much deeper than just 22 on-the-surface messages. There's great meaning to the shape of the letters, the formation of the letters, the structure of the letters, as they believe they were given by God. There's at least, though, 22 at the very basic, primal uh, uh, configuration of these letters, 22 messages of great spiritual meaning. As I said a moment ago, those 22 letters of the alphabet and the first and last letter, like the Alpha and the Omega of the Greek alphabet, describe Jesus. He's the Word of God, but he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. So he's not just the Word, he's the letters. He is visible in the first and last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. He's visible in the Aleph, that's the A, that's the first letter. He's visible in the Tav, that's the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And so, to illustrate that, we see in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1, and we're on a podcast, so I know that you can't see the images that I would love to share with you today, and feel free to uh, email me, I'll be glad to share some of these screenshots or uh, PowerPoint with you. Uh, But if you were to look in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1, from the very beginning, in our English Bible, the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. But in the Hebrew, there are seven words in the first verse of Genesis 1, verse 1. And in those seven words, there's three on one side and three on the other, and there's one word in the middle of the seven words of the first verse, of Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And if you were to see this, the middle word is two letters. Those letters are Aleph and Tav. It's the word Et. E-H-T is how it be pronounced. And so, we see in the first verse of the Hebrew Bible, in the first verse of Hebrew, and as it's translated into English, There's just seven words. That number seven is symbolic. It's important, and it's uh, significant for us. That's God's chosen number. That's his perfect number. But in the midst of the seven first words of creation is the Aleph and the Tav. That's the Alpha. That's the Omega. He's in the middle of the creative sentence, the creative week, the act of creation in Genesis 1 verse 1. He is the Aleph. He is the top. He's right in the middle. And so this phenomenon clearly demonstrates the continuity of Scripture. All things, John says in John 1, 3, were made by him. So the word was the force of creation, and his signature appears in Genesis 1, verse 1. There, as in Revelation, he stands in the midst of seven, seven words. In Revelation, he stands in the midst of seven candlesticks, a menorah. Here he stands in the midst of seven words. Now, corresponding to the first and last letter of the Greek alphabet, Alpha and Omega, Jesus is literally the Word. And he's centered in the first sentence of the Bible. He is the center of the Bible. He is the beginning of the Bible. He's the end of the Bible. Jesus is all in all. He's the center. He's the servant candle of the menorah. He's the, as the Hebrews call, the shamash of the menorah, the center servant candle that feeds all. All the other branches. 
So the word was the force of creation in John 1 verse 3. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. He's the force of creation. And his signature is found as early as the first verse of the Bible, right in the middle. There he is. Revelation 1, 12 through 13 and 20. We find that Jesus is in the middle of the seven candlesticks. So Jewish sages have taught for millennia that the Hebrew alphabet is descended directly from God to man. And as such, they are not just shapes and random formations and lines and configurations, but they conform to a system of wisdom. For example, Rabbi Michael L. Monk, let me quote him as he says this, the 22 sacred letters are profound, primal, spiritual forces. They are in effect the raw material of creation. When God combined them into words, phrases, commands, they brought about creation, translating his will into reality and as it were, just as the word of God gave being to heaven, so is his word that gives being to everything. Oh, what a powerful thought for us today. As believers, the word of God brought everything into beginning. Those combinations of phrases, commands, all of that makes reality real, makes us who we are and what we are and where we are. As Christians, we also know that the Word of God is much more than just a collection of letters. The Word, Jesus Christ, is a person. He's a person. He's the Word of God. My Bible is made up of words. I believe every word of my Bible is inspired. Every word of it, from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22, every word is inspired by God. I believe in verbal inspiration. I believe in the preservation of Scripture. I believe that it's preserved. I believe my King James Bible is preserved by God. And so we know that the Word of God and Jesus Christ as the Word of God are very, very closely connected and yet separate. For example, I know my Bible contains the Word of God and is the perfect holy Word of God, but I can do things with my Bible I can't do with Jesus. I, I can leave my Bible out in the rain. I can't leave Jesus in the rain. You can take my Bible from me, but you can't take Jesus from me. I can forget my Bible somewhere. I can't forget Jesus somewhere. Uh, I, I could tear a page out of my Bible, but I can't tear anything out of Jesus Christ. They're not the same, and yet they are, aren't they? Now, Jews believe that the Word of God is an alphabet that has power of its own, and that God used this word to bring about the Torah, to bring about the Bible. This Bible, this Torah, this word of God has a power all of its own because God used the power of words to bring about creation. Since Genesis 1-1 uses Aleph and Tav right in the middle of the verse, the universe was created in total perfection and encompasses the entire Hebrew alphabet. From Genesis 1-1, when God said, let there be, in the beginning, everything is held together by the word of God. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible tells us in this passage a great truth that's important for us to see as believers in this day and age. Hebrews chapter 1, and all of Hebrews, points to Jesus Christ as our great high priest, more than just a man, he's the God-man. And in chapter 1, verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the power, by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. 
Hebrews 1 verse 3, again, let me repeat one line, one part of this verse, and upholding all things by the word of his power. All things are held together by the power of God. From the atom to the largest galaxy in the universe, everything is held together by the word, W-O-R-D, of his power. It's the force of creation. And it's the power that keeps it all together. You know, when we're teaching children, I have five children, and we were teaching them how to read. When they were learning their alphabet, we started with A, went to B, went to C, and etc. But we teach that alphabet in, like, in a way like this. We'd say A is for apple, B is for boy, C is for cat, D is for dog. The Hebrews also, the Jews also use a similar way of teaching their Aleph Bet. They do the same thing. They start with Aleph. They move to Bet and the Gimel and Dalit, and they go down the line through the 22 letters of their alphabet, and it contains a complex spiritual meaning as they connect the letter with a meaning that's related to that letter, a word. These meanings have not changed in thousands of years. It's the same meanings today that are being taught to those that are learning Hebrew as it was in the first days that they were learning it, centuries and millennia ago. If you want to know a little bit about this, I won't take time in this podcast to go through it, but turn in your Bible to Psalms 119, the longest chapter in our Bible. And you know, every one of the 22 letters of the Hebrew Bible, Hebrew alphabet, finds its way into Psalms 119 because in Psalms 119 in Hebrew, each section is broken up alphabetically and would start with the letter of that alphabet. So if you look in your Bible, Psalms 119, you'll see at the top of the first verse, there'll be a heading that'll say Aleph, and it'll usually have a Hebrew letter for Aleph, or it'll have just the name Aleph, and then you go down about eight or so verses, and you'll go to Bet, and you go down so many verses, it's broken up into sections. And do you know that the longest chapter in our Bible not only contains every letter of the Hebrew alphabet in sections, but also is dedicated to the subject of the Word of God itself. And the psalmist refers to the Word of God as thy words or thy testimonies, thy commandments, thy precepts, thy judgments, and so on, and refers to them in that way. So Jews to this day would take the book of Psalms, chapter 119, and teach their children Hebrew, the alphabet, the alphabet, by referring to this great Psalm 119. Now, as we look at this first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph, and I'd encourage you to, when you're done with this, to look up, you can just type in a search engine, Hebrew alphabet, and look for the letter Aleph. It's sometimes spelled A-L-E-F or A-L-E-P-H, but Aleph, it looks almost like a kind of a an X on its side of sorts, I guess we could say, and it also has a numerical value. All the Hebrew letters have a numerical value. Aleph represents the number one. Each letter has that numerical value, and it's used as a numeral. It symbolizes one. It symbolizes God. It symbolizes the one and only eternal, omnipotent God. It's called the master letter, and it proclaims both the name of God and his divinity to the Jewish people, all in one letter. It's the link between heaven and earth, between God and the finite physical creation. For us as Christians, we see that in Ephesians chapter 4, 
verse number four through six, there's a sevenfold statement there that uses the word one in relation to Jesus and the church. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. If you read Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, you'll find a sevenfold statement that deals with one. There's not two saviors, there's one savior. There's not multiple baptisms, there's one baptism. There's not multiple bodies of Christ, there's one body of Christ. The same idea is found in the letter Aleph. The first letter is made up of three parts. If you look at it, this letter, Aleph, it has a top part, then a slanted long part, elongated part, and then another bottom part, like a leg. Both the top and the bottom part are Hebrew letters as well. They are the letter Yod, or Yud, as some refer to it. Y-O-D, or Y-U-D. There's a top Yod, there is a bottom Yod, and they are opposite facing of one another. And in the middle between them, the dividing between the two Yods, the top and the bottom one, is a Vav, another Hebrew letter. So this one letter Aleph is actually made up of two Hebrew letters, but one of those letters, the letter Yod, is uh, used twice. So there's three letters making up one letter, three parts that come together to one part. And do you know that that Trinity... To the Jewish people, they don't understand that, but as believers, we can see the Trinity in those three parts, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three parts make one letter. It's one letter, but three letters. They're three separate, but they're one. As God is three parts, and yet he's one. The Yod is symbol symbolic of a hand. And so you have an upper hand in the Aleph, if you look at the picture of an Aleph, and you have a lower hand, that's below. Then you have the Vav in between, and it's a connector, making a connection, and it starts above and comes down. If you look at it, it kind of has a swoosh mark to it. At the top, is higher than at the bottom. It starts up high, it ends low. And so there's a hand, and a lower hand, and then there's the Vav, it goes up, and then it comes down. And they believe that it represents the hand of man at the bottom on earth, the hand of God above man at the top of the Vav, and he's reaching down to man. Now that's what they believe. And yet we can see that the Vav, the divider between the hand of God and the hand of man, has to be somebody, has to represent something. Well, who do you think it represents? It represents none other than the Aleph, the Tav, the Alpha, the Omega, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Jesus said, I am the letters. Jesus makes the gap. He makes up the difference. He bridged the, the, the gulf between God and man, and he took God in one hand and man in the other, and through his death on the cross, he connected the two. Now, the Aleph, again, is a they call it the master of letters. It's the leader of letters. It's the prime factor in the combination of constellations of letters that form all creation. It denotes the oneness of God, the sovereignty of God, the infiniteness of God. That name Aleph, it has to do with master. It has to do with the name prince or chief. Is all connected with Aleph or Aluf. And it's formed by, as I said, two yods and a vav, and they have numerical value. The yod is equal to ten, 
uh, just like the Aleph is equal to 1, the Yod's equal to 10. There's two Yod's, and then there's a Vav, and the Vav is equal to 6. So 10 and 10 and 6, two Yod's and a Vav equals 26, which happens to be the same number for the four-letter name of God as we refer to as Jehovah. There's a connection between the Aleph, the master letter, and Jehovah. This letter Aleph is used in the attributes and names of God. If you looked up the name of God for judgment, it begins with an Aleph. The name of God for mercy begins with an Aleph. His timelessness begins with an Aleph. When he's called Lord or Master begins with an Aleph. Master of the universe, as he's referred to by the Jewish people, begins with an Aleph. The Mighty One begins with an Aleph. And one is Aleph. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 4, the Jewish people, uh, they use this passage repeatedly. In fact, some say that it's the first scripture that is quoted in the day and the last one before they go to bed at night. It's that symbolic and that important. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, it's the first verse that children learn when they're taught uh, uh, verses out of the Torah. It's also used at the moment of death. Like the Catholic Church will read last rites. Well, this verse is used at the moment of death when a Jew dies. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That's how significant that verse is. Used to teach children uh, as the first verse used at the moment of death. This verse, they rise in the morning and they say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. They lie at bed at night and they say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There are 613 laws or mitzvos in the Jewish Torah. And God used Aleph to begin those laws. He used Aleph to begin the Ten Commandments. He used the letter Aleph in his description of Israel, Israel is one and unique among the nations. It says in 1 Chronicles 17, 21, Israel is one. Israel is an Aleph to God is what that means. Adam, the first man, one. He was just one man. He's the first man. His name is connected with Aleph. Abraham, in Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 24, calls Abraham one, O-N-E, Abraham was one man, yet God chose this one man to bring forth the greatest nation, Israel, his people. One nation separated from the rest. It's connected with Aleph. Abraham was an Aleph. Adam was an Aleph. Israel is an Aleph. At the beginning of Leviticus, representing humility and learning the law is the Aleph. You know, it's interesting when little children are are celebrating the, the Torah and the festival of the giving of the Torah, large tablets with the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet are on those tablets, and they will take honey and apply some of the honey to the letters. And so they'll put some honey upon each of those letters, and as the children will lick off the honey, they will recite the letters of the alphabet, and, it's, and it links and sinks those letters and the sweetness of the honey in their mind so they can remember... And so honey on each letter licked by those little children as they learn the law of God, the Torah, and the Aleph bet. 
And yet the Bible says to Jeremiah, chapter Jeremiah 15, verse 16, to eat the word of God. And they are sweet to his mouth, but bitter to his stomach. Psalms 119, verse 103 says, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Let me conclude this study by going back to this, uh, this letter Aleph. It's a link, as the Jews believe, between heaven and earth. It's pictured as a ladder on the ground reaching toward heaven. The upper yod denotes the celestial. The lower yod denotes earth. There's a diagonal vav that links mankind to God, and it's pictured in Jacob's dream of the ladder and the angels of God ascending and descending in Genesis 28, verse 12. The Aleph is the spiritual channel by which the infinite spiritual is brought to the finite physical. It represents the letter Aleph represents unity, represents God dealing with man. And in fact, if all you had was one letter, one letter, just Aleph, just the A, you could witness to someone about Jesus Christ because there's the picture of the Trinity, the triune God. There's the picture of man and God and Jesus Christ bridging the gap. There's the picture of the law of Adam, of Abraham, of Israel, and so much more all in one little letter. The first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the Aleph bet, the letter A. Now I'll go ahead and give you a little clue about the meaning of the Hebrew Aleph bet. And I'll be through with this part. The Jews believe the Hebrew alphabet, the A, again the Aleph represents creator, God, and king. The letter Bet represents the letter for the house and temple. Gimel is a letter for loving kindness and culmination. Dalit is a letter for the door. It's a picture of a door. Hey is a letter for the breath of God. Vav is a letter for completion and redemption and represents um, uh, a redemption of God to man. Zion is the focal point of sustenance and struggle. Chet is a letter for transcendence, life, and grace. Tet is a letter for serpent an objective good. Yod is the letter for creation and the metaphysical and represents a hand. Kaf is a letter for crowning and accomplishment. Lamed is a letter for teaching and learning. Mim is a letter for water and revealed and concealed. Nun is a letter for faithfulness, the soul, and emergence. Samech is a letter for support and divine presence. Ayin is a letter for sight and insight. Peh is a letter for mouth and speech. The city is a letter for righteousness and humility. Kof is a letter for holiness and growth cycles. Resh is a letter for the wicked. Shin or sin is a letter for divine power and provision. And Tav is a letter for truth and perfection. Jesus is the creator and king, Aleph, but he's the Tav, he is the truth, and he is perfection. May God bless you and thank you today for listening to this podcast. May the Lord richly bless you and let us remember each and every day, as Ephesians reminds us, redeem the time for the days are evil.